We have two scripture lessons this morning. The first is from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 60. And then we will read the passage that Miss Vicki just referenced from Matthew chapter 2. But before I read those, please join with me in prayer. O oh God, by the compelling radiance of your Spirit, draw us near, reveal your truth, and teach us faithful obedience to your word. Amen. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your hearts shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah shall those all from Sheba will come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod... After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod seek with secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star, that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down 
and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm realizing quickly that post-Christmas, one of the most common questions posed to my two-year-old is, what'd you get for Christmas? I think folks are well-intentioned, but it seems a little bit hard for his two-year-old mind to figure out how to answer. You see, he got a water table and action figures. He got books and clothing. He even received magnetiles to add to his ever-growing collection. But when you ask him, he doesn't seem to be able to produce an answer. So if you were to ask me what gift he received that was his favorite, it might not be what you'd expect. It was a gift from a sweet church family who has been taking care of our child since he was a little baby. And if I'm honest, it's not actually the gift but the accessory that came with it. You see, since Davis's birth, this family has been giving my child books. And this year for Christmas, they gave him The Secrets of Animal Camouflage. Now, naturally, this would be a book he would enjoy because he loves books and he adores animals. But it's not actually The Secrets of Animal Camouflage that he loves so much, but rather that subtitle, a shine a light book. You see, this family was prepared. They didn't simply give him a book. They also gave him a flashlight. And so as he reads the book, he shines the light behind the pages and it reveals the animals who are camouflaged. Davis is elated. But if we're honest, he probably would love the gift even without the book because, you see, he runs around the house turning off the lights in the bedrooms just so he can shine his flashlight. I love the joy he gets from lighting up the darkness. This morning, I want us to focus on that, on how we are called to shine our light. But I think we can't talk about light without addressing for a moment the darkness. We've turned another page on a year, a year that has been hard for many of us, a year that we thought was going to be different. If you remember New Year's 2020 into 2021, it was good riddance 2020. Thank God for 2021. It's going to be a better year. And yet, we still experience darkness. We continue to endure a pandemic with variants that seem to continue to come. There's darkness for those who are experiencing isolation, darkness and the hatred that continues to be fueled towards those of different political persuasions or different races or even different economic classes. And there's a darkness that we experience as we continue to lose loved ones. 
darkness can seem overwhelming. Like it's all around us, poised to steal our joy. But it doesn't have to. So today, as a church family, we choose to celebrate Epiphany. We're familiar with that word because we use it often. Epiphany. Something has been made clear to us. I have an epiphany. It's like a metaphorical light has been turned on. Epiphany is the celebration in the church year. It actually comes on January 6th, but hey, we could use a little light early this year. It's a celebration in the church year of God's revealing of Christ to the wise men that we have seen that God has come to us. We have an answer to the darkness, and so we celebrate it. In Christ, our light has come. The scripture tells us to arise and shine, for our light has come. But what does it look like for us to shine our light in a world that continues to feel so dark? The wise men were given that name because they were perhaps sages or astrologers. They were perceived to be some of the wisest people in their communities. They had been studying, and they had noticed something was a little different. They were drawn to the light of a star, and so they followed it. During this season of Advent, I hope that you've taken an opportunity to use our devotional to draw near, whether you picked up a paper copy or were using our daily emails. You see this daily study of scripture that was supplemented by artwork and poetry gave us an opportunity to reflect and to grow deeper in our relationship with God. Like the wise men followed the star to draw themselves to Christ, our journey of reflection has been an opportunity for us to draw to Christ. My prayer is that just because those daily emails have ended or you reached the end of that paper devotional, your personal time of reflection doesn't end. This time of study and reflection draws each of us to the light and helps us to expel a little bit of the darkness that seems so easily to overwhelm. When the wise men finally reached the Christ child, the star stopped, and it shone brightly. They were drawn to the light, and when they found Christ, they didn't simply turn around and go home. They worshipped and offered gifts. Isaiah 60 gives us a bit more insight as to what it looks like for us to offer gifts in response to the light today. It begins with the word, arise. What strikes me about that is that's not something we can do passively. To rise is a call to action. Knowing as we do that God is with us, that Christ has come, we are called to act. This is our chance to live our own little version of Hamilton, to not throw away our shot to expel the darkness, but rather to rise up, 
So how do we act? What are we due to arise? We're called to shine, to shine our light, to reflect the light of Christ. This epiphany, as we celebrate the revelation that God came and lived among us in Christ, we're reminded of a better way to live. We're called to live in a way that is modeled for us in the life of Christ, to reflect the openness that Christ showed, to embody the leadership that Christ showed, to listen to others the way that Jesus listened. We're called to shine. When we shine the light of Christ, dispelling the darkness, Something amazing will happen in our lives. Verse 5 said, Your hearts shall thrill and rejoice. Some translations say, Your heart will throb or be enlarged. The phrase literally means to swell your heart. This Christmas was fun at our house because it was an opportunity for me to introduce some of my favorite Christmas classics to Davis for the first time. So we'd have movie nights and watch things like Charlie Brown and Rudolph and one of my favorites, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We actually did a back-to-back movie night series where we watched the original Grinch and then we watched the more recent Illumination version. And while that new one is quickly becoming a favorite for me because of all the great music, it still holds that key storyline. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling, how could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. When we shine the light of Christ, we have this moment like the the Grinch, where our heart is enlarged. It was when the Grinch acted, when he lived out what he knew to be true about Christmas, that it wasn't about things, that his heart grew three sizes that day. When we put into action our knowledge that our light has come, when we shine the light of Christ into the world, we will be blessed with a joy that swells our heart. As we lift up Christ, we too will be lifted up. But we aren't the only ones who will benefit from our action. Verse 3 of that Isaiah passage says, Nations shall come to your light, and kings 
to the brightness of your dawn. Just as we can't arise passively, we can't shine our light passively. I believe this means that at times we must actively work to be the light for those around us and to shine for those who are in power. I believe that we have a chance to take part in the king's coming to the brightness. So literally, we're called to shine our light. So those who govern us hear how we understand Christ's call to live. The call to shine isn't simply so that our civic life improves. We're called to shine so that the darkness is dispelled for others. We're called to shine so that those who live in hunger no longer wonder from where their next meal will come. When we shine, perhaps we'll look up and those people will look a bit more like our people. When we shine, it doesn't take away the pandemic, but it gives us a reminder that we can get through this together. For some of us, the call to shine means we reach out to those in isolation, offering companionship, at least companionship of the mind, and a reminder that they are loved. Shining our light means that we don't let our grief immobilize us, but rather we find a way to glorify God for the life that we shared with those we loved. So as we observe Epiphany today, let us resolve to not simply admire the light of the star. Let us commit to actively letting our light shine. Let us do it remembering that even though our light may be small, we are a reflection of the true light. So get up. Embody that children's song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Because our light has come, and no darkness can overcome the light of Christ. Thanks be to God.